Hello everyone, Alan Mischer here from the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. We're going to jump right in with a quote, and this quote is from Steve Martin. Be so good, they can't ignore you. Be so good, they can't ignore you. I love that quote from Steve Martin. This week on Vitality Explorer News, we're going to jump into three specific topics like we typically do. The first one may be a little controversial, and that is three reasons why cortisone shots suck. The second one is turmeric, the golden vitality spice. And the third one is 10 inspirational vitality quotes. All right. Please join us at vitalityexplorers.com to receive a free text message newsletter each week. And you can also sign up at the fastest growing Substack site about vitality on the planet, vitalityexplorers.substack.com. Um, and please consider becoming a paid subscriber to support the work of Vitality Explorers and Vitality Explorer News. So let's talk about the three reasons why cortisone shots suck. Okay, now look at the Vitality Explorer News Substack site for the full references. But I wanted to put this together this week in the context of a couple papers that were presented at a big radiology meeting. Uh, disclaimer, this is not medical advice. This is medical information. Please check with your personal physician about what is best for you. But here is my primary suggestion. Cortisone shots are not the best treatment options in most situations. And I'm going I'm to talk about it in the context of knee arthritis, tennis elbow, and shoulders for today. Uh, that's all, all the time we will have for it. But here are my three reasons why cortisone shots suck. Number one, they rarely provide long-term relief. Number two, better treatment options such as PRP or other non-invasive treatment options exist. And number three, cortisone can lead to worse outcomes and higher rates of infection. Okay, this isn't my opinion. This is based on pure reviewed published data. Now there are some exceptions to the rule that cortisone shots suck. I still think there's a fair amount of data to suggest cortisone glenohumeral shots into the in, into the shoulder may be useful in some cases for frozen shoulder and other things. But let's explore the data about knees, elbows, and shoulders. And I think the reason why I wanted to do this is, again, these two papers that were presented within the last week. And here are some conclusions from, from, the, um, from these papers. Uh, and really what their suggestion was, that steroid injections into the knee worsens arthritis. So patients in one study uh, received hyaluronic acid, also known as HA injections, and they showed a decreased progression of arthritis, specifically in bone marrow lesions. Um, others found that there was significantly less progression when patients were not treated with corticosteroids. And a second study actually found that there was more joint space narrowing. Now joint space narrowing just means on a plain x-ray, the distance between the femur or the thigh bone and the tibia bone is more narrow on typically one side of the knee compared to the other. And those receiving cortisone injections had significantly more of this narrowing. That's a big finding, okay? Here are some quotes from the papers that I think are crucial. Quote, corticosteroids Inge corticosteroids injections increase the radiographic progression of osteoarthritis when compared to hyaluronic acid injections and non-treated patients, suggesting caution in their use for clinical management. The second quote is corticosteroid injections 
are or significantly associated with progression of knee OA, also known as osteoarthritis. So there's some pictures up on the Substack site. There's the references. The first study looked at 210 cortisone injection patients with images at baseline and four years of follow-up. And here's the quote from that paper. Patients were matched for various co-founding factors, including age, sex, BMI, comorbidity, surgery, and semi-quantitative imaging outcomes at baseline. And the patients treated with cortisone injection had more medial joint space narrowing than the control group at follow-up. Uh, and again, joint space narrowing is a validated measurement of the severity of arthritis. And I think this finding suggests cortisone injections can have a detrimental effect on patient outcomes. The second study evaluated 60 patients with a cortisone injection or two control groups, and MRIs were obtained at baseline two years prior and two years after the injection. So a lot of interesting MRI data. And they, then they evaluated the progression of the knee osteoarthritis by looking at the components of the, of the knee, not just the bone, but the cartilage and the amount of swelling. And the cortisone patients were, quote, to have, or excuse me, were found to have, quote, significant progression of arthritis compared to controls. Let me say that one more time. The cortisone patients were found to have, quote, significant progression of arthritis compared to controls. These two studies together, now they've been presented, they are not published and peer-reviewed, so they need to be further evaluated. But together, in the context of long-term experience with this, it suggests to me that cortisone should be used only sparingly, if at all, for knee osteoarthritis. All right? The second one, second component of this cortisone discussion is in the context of tennis elbow. And this is something I've seen thousands of patients. I've seen thousands of patients with knee arthritis, and thousands of patients with tennis elbow over the years, and I'll be definitive about this. Cortisone injections should not be used for tennis elbow, in my opinion. There are many other better options. There's risks of dermal atrophy and discoloration. You can see a picture of a patient who had a single injection of cortisone into their elbow with significant loss of skin coloration and thinning of the skin, and I think it's absolutely better not to get an injection at all uh, than to get a cortisone injection if you have tennis elbow. Interestingly, the data about PRP versus cortisone is off the chart. So a prospective randomized trial done by Taco Gosen and his colleagues in the Netherlands, published in the American Journal of Sports, Sports Medicine, found the success rate for cortisone at two years was 25%, and the success rate for leukocyte-rich PRP was 85%. So that's just you know, that's level one evidence to suggest that uh, cortisone is not as good as PRP. Interestingly, um, also, if you look into the shoulder, uh, the risk of infection and revision surgery rise if a patient has been treated with a cortisone injection for so shoulder issues. And this comes from a paper called The Risk Analysis of Perioperative Injections in Arthroscopic Reconstruction of the Rotator Cuff, a Systematic Review. Again, you can look at the Vitality Explorer Substack site for the details and for, for some images and diagrams from these papers. But here are the conclusions from this paper about shoulder cortisone injections. Quote, local infections and to a lesser extent revision surgery are associated with perioperative injections of cortisone within three months preoperatively and four weeks postoperatively. So basically getting a, a cortisone injection within three months preoperatively or a month postoperatively increases your risk of an infection or revision surgery. That's amazing. Now taking all three of these together, the knee, the elbow, and the shoulder, here are the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendations. 
Um, cortisone, I think, unfortunately, is still very commonly used. It's sort of been grandfathered in as a treatment for a variety of things, and people need to look more carefully at the emerging data that it suggests that cortisone should not be used in, in a lot of different cases. Uh, we need to look at this data and realize that there are better treatment options available with lower risks for many conditions. Um, I welcome people to comment on this and post their suggestions or comments or other data that I may not have seen on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Um, I think this is really important. I encourage people to become a, a subscriber to Vitality Explorer News on Substack or just go to vitalityexplorers.com and you'll get a free text message version of my homework each week delivered to your phone for free. Okay, so look at the um, Substack site for the References, the first paper was medial joint space narrowing and Kellerian-Lorenz progression following interarticular cortisone injections compared to hyaluronic acid injections and non-treated patients. And then the second one was the impact of interarticular injections on the progression of knee osteoarthritis data from the Osteoarthritis Initiative cohort. All right, this is pretty dense stuff, but I hope I've uh, distilled it down to the message that uh, proceed with caution about cortisone injections. Now, one of the alternatives to relieve some of the inflammation is the next thing we're going to talk about, okay? And that is turmeric, all right? And I think it may be better called as the golden vitality spice. Turmeric, the golden vitality spice. Um, again, you can you can look at some of the data about this. We're going to go over, uh, you know, some interesting some interesting data about how curcumin, which is one of the components of, of turmeric, and it's really the active ingredient in the dietary spice, or excuse me, the spice that's known as turmeric, also in, cur in curry powder. And that's been used for thousands of years by the Indians and Chinese. And one of the surprising things I found about turmeric was it had the ability to enhance exercise performance. Now, this is, uh, this is a paper uh, called Curcumin, a Dietary Photo, or phytochemical for producing exercise performance and recovery. And here's why. Now, inflammation and muscle soreness are, 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 are common side effects of exercise, especially high-intensity exercise. And here's the quote from the paper. Due to the antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties of um, curcumin, it can increase exercise performance and decrease exercise-induced muscle soreness and muscle damage. And they have a pretty interesting graphic about this that I put up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, uh, where exercise relieves or you know, releases a variety of things that can lead to inf inflammation, but curcumin can block that. They can block the, the risk of muscle damage. They can block the risk of increased inflammation. And it, it may be very interesting. Now, this is just a small, uh, a small paper, but I think it's important for us to kind of understand, um, you know, really what is this all about? Because I think turmeric slash curcumin is really, really fascinating. And it's been shown to modulate a variety of molecules and pathways, including inflammatory signaling and things like called cell survival proteins. But this stuff has been, as I said, around for a long time. It was first really isolated in 1842, so 180 years ago. And its chemical structure was identified more than 100 years ago. And one of the things that was published in Nature back in 19... 49 was the antibacterial action of curcumin and its related compounds. Pretty fascinating stuff, right? So I think it's safe to say turmeric slash curcumin cannot be considered new. What is new, however, I think is that the data supporting 
its value is quite impressive. And so, again, this is medical information, not medical advice. Always check with your per personal physician prior to beginning any supplement or other uh, medication. Uh, but the rest of the post about this is going to review three papers about curcumin in the context of arthritis and high cholesterol. Both of these are very common problems, and I think curcumin might be helpful as part of the war against arthritis and high cholesterol. So the first was curcuma, curcuma, interesting. I don't know whether it's not curcumin, but it, it's curcuma as an anti-inflammatory component in treating osteoarthritis. Now this paper found curcumin is most often used in short term to reduce inflammation in patients who have osteoarthritis. They found that the, the joint function uh, was increased, the pain went down, and there was also, importantly, this is important, a redu reduction in the risk, or excuse me, a reduction in the use of prescribed drugs. So a lot of anti-inflammatory medications have significant slash severe side effects. Curcumin seems to be safe up to, up to a certain level, maybe even three three grams per day. So if you're able to take something that has the same efficacy with less risk profile, that might be useful. So the paper uh, that's seen on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site, it recommends somewhere between 1,000 and uh, 2,000 milligrams per day. And here's what the authors concluded. Quote, further research is needed to determine the preventative role of curcumin in the pathogenesis of osteoarthritis. The effects of long-term uses of curcumin and preventative purposes in treatment of osteoarthritis may also help develop optimal therapeutic doses, but it seems to be valuable in the short term to reduce the symptoms. It just hasn't been shown to actually, uh, you know, modify the disease. Now, the second one was a meta-analysis of the impact of nutritional supplementation on osteoarthritis symptoms, okay? Now, this is a bigger one. This is a, a paper that looked at almost 1,400 subjects in 12 studies, and the average dose was about 1,000 milligrams per day for, or for between one and four months, so between four and 16 weeks. And here's what they found. Significant improvements in something called their WOMAC score, which is a validated scoring system for knee osteoarthritis and hip osteoarthritis, um, and lower overall pain scores. So what, you know, their total amount of function rose and their total pain um, um, decreased. Both of, both of these were significant. And together, these two papers point to the value of curcumin as a possible way to treat osteoarthritis. So if, you're, if, you're, if you have osteoarthritis type pain, I think it's something you can discuss with your doctor as a possible treatment option. There's a secondary kind of fascinating reason to consider curcumin which I didn't know much about, and I welcome, again, people to, to make their comments on the Substack site about this, but this paper uh, I found absolutely fascinating. Curcumin as a novel approach in improving lipid profile, an umbrella meta-analysis. Okay, so this meta-analysis found curcumin supplementation lowered total cholesterol, triglycerides, and LDL cholesterol. The investigation also found that it increased the good HDL cholesterol, so they, they, they concluded that curcumin could be considered an adjuvant treatment for high cholesterol. Think about that. There's a lot of side effects to certain cholesterol medications that don't seem to be have the same thing with curcumin. Um, again, it's a, beyond the scope of this post today or this podcast today to go into the um, safety profile of curcumin, but it, um, it, is, it, is, it is actually quite high. Um, but in the paper, which was looking at 
the use of curcumin um, against total cholesterol. And this was sort of a meta-analysis, a, a paper of papers. They, they were looking at a whole bunch of studies and they found that there was a significant reduction in the total cholesterol, a si significant increase in the good HDL cholesterol. And they actually looked into a little bit of the mechanisms by which this happens. So again, this is beyond my area of expertise and I would welcome, welcome people who know more about it to comment on it, look, look at it, or point me to more data. Um, but they, they had a little graphic in there about how curcumin, which again is a spice, uh, found the, the active ingredient found in turmeric, the spice that is in curry powder, um, affected a variety of enzymes in your liver that resulted in lowering of bad cholesterol. So here's the analysis on this one. Is it um, the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendations, shall I say, that turmeric slash curcumin have been around for a very long time. And I think the emerging data is, is pretty impressive to, that it shows that it helps reduce inflammation after exercise. It can help with the symptoms of osteoarthritis and specifically knee osteoarthritis. And remember, if we're looking for an alternative to a cortisone injection, perhaps taking turmeric for a month would be a better idea than getting a cortisone injection. And fascinatingly, it can potentially re reduce bad cholesterol and increase good cholesterol. So um, I think the overall idea is that, is that curcumin is a a way of reducing your body's inflammation, which is something we've been talking about over and over and over again as a marker of aging. Um, so I'd recommend you check with your doctor about whether curcumin slash turmeric is good for you. And uh, again, consider uh, subscribing to Vitality Explorer News on Substack or via vitalityexplorers.com to receive a free text message uh, newsletter once a week. Um, paid su subscribers, by the way, have access to now over 200 detailed scientific articles that I've reduced to a succinct post about how to live a vital life. So I think the value at uh, $5 a month or $50 a year is off the chain. Okay, check out the, the site for, for more details. I want to finish this week with something that um, has been a passion of mine, and that is to find inspirational quotes. And what I do with the Vitality Explorer News each week is to come up with a quote. This week was, be so good they cannot ignore you. That's from Steve Martin. Um, and I think he, like a lot of comedians, are perfectionists about how they do their craft. And so what seems to be quite easy, I, I know Jerry Seinfeld's the same way, uh, and uh, even Dave Chappelle and a variety of other ones, they are very, very careful about what how they put their craft together to make it seem easy for easy to be funny. Um, but here are some other ones, okay, um, that, I, that I found uh, fascinating. And uh, what I did, and you can see this on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site, is I created some images to go with each one of these quotes. And what I used uh, is, a, is a tool called Dream Studio, which is an AI, artificial intelligence, um, program where you can type in words and they create images. So these are these are novel uh, images that go with each one of these quotes. So I encourage you to check it out on, on the uh, Vitality Explorer news Substack because I, what I did is I embedded the, the, the inspirational quote into a picture to hopefully make it more interesting and people to remember it. So the second one is from Rumi and that is what you seek is seeking you. What you seek is seeking you. Pause for a moment and think about that one. 
And I think what Rumi reminds us is that to be alert for opportunities, and sometimes those opportunities are, are disguised as challenges. So whatever we may be going after in life may actually be looking for us. Kind of a mind-scratching but very cool quote. The third one is from Muhammad Ali, and that is to suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. So my question for people is, what are you willing to suffer for now in order to be a champion later? Okay. The next one is from Thoreau, and that is to go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. And Thoreau is suggesting that we rise up and be confident to live our best possible lives. So if they, if they kind of go in, in conjunction with each other. Dreaming big without being confident doesn't usually be successful. I love the next one, and that is from uh, the poet laureate Jimmy Buffett, which is, quote, wrinkles will only go where the smiles have been. Wrinkles will only go where the smiles have been. And Buffett reminds us to laugh and enjoy life whenever possible. The next quote is from Oprah Winfrey, and that is to turn your wounds into wisdom. Turn your wounds into wisdom. And Oprah helps us understand how scars can help us become stronger. So we're all going to get wounded. We're all going to get knocked down. And she's suggesting that we try to uh, use, use those wounds to become uh, stronger so we can fight on. Next one comes from Abraham Lincoln. And the most, here it is, quote, the most reliable way to predict the future is to create it. The most reliable way to predict the future is to create it. Okay, so create your own future. Don't try to predict it according to, to, to Lincoln. Okay, uh, the next image, by the way, I think is very cool. I, I don't, I'm not going to be a, able to adequately uh, describe it, but this comes from Martin Luther King. And here's the quote. Faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. Faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the entire or whole staircase. And it's sort of this um, woman or young lady um, walking on a stairway that looks like it's floating in the air. So check out the Vitality Explorer Substack site to see more about that. Often we can't see that next step. And King is asking us to do it anyway. Okay, a couple more here. First, from Sir Edmund Hillary. It is not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. It is not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. And Hillary conquered uh, Mount Everest, but more importantly, he conquered himself. And the final one that is on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site is a picture of Benjamin Franklin holding a little uh, pocket watch. Or, and and his, his quote is, lost time is never found. Lost time is never found. So Franklin reminds us that our time is our most precious non-renewable resource. Um, I, I love all of these quotes. There's dozens more that we, you know, we'll probably put up. I would hope it would be valuable to take a peek at the Vitality Explorer Substack site so you can see the pictures that are associated with the quotes. And, and just as a reminder from this week, um, there, there was about three reasons why cortisone shots are not necessarily great for you because better options exist and they can have complications. The second is about turmeric, the golden vitality spice. 
And uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed this Vitality Explorer News podcast. As always, I really, really enjoy doing it. I learn something each week, and I try to share that with as many people as possible. So for those of you who are listening to the final part of this today, thank you again for being part of the Vitality Explorer community. Please share this with your friends and family. Please leave us a five-star rating on uh, Apple or Spotify or Google Podcast or wherever you get it and uh, become an, uh, a subscriber on the Substack site if you can. So thank you again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. And until next time, get out there and dare to be vital.